It's three days until our event, Yasmin. Fuck my life. Three days, are you nervous? Yes. Oh my God, no one's going to show up. Of course they will. We've sold loads of tickets. Really looking forward to it. And I'm so excited for everyone that's planning on coming down. It's going to be the best night. And I think it's going to be a great place to make friends too. Right. I think it's going to be a good place to find like-minded people who are heart and cool and have amazing taste in podcasts and other things like music and beers and other stuff. It's going to be a great place to find hot people. I'm really looking forward to seeing, because I've actually never seen Miss Terry Box perform, but I know that they're like super, super alternative. And so they're coming up with something cool for our show and I'm looking forward to their drag performance. I can't bloody wait. I know, so exciting. So if you want to grab some tickets, it's going to be an amazing night on the 18th of November, Signature Brew in London. And it'll be happening it's in East London in Walthamstow and you can get tickets on the Signature Brew website woo a bit more enthusiastic Yasmin woo that's what Hello and welcome to On Wednesdays We Wear Black with me, Sophie Kay and Yasmin Suman Hello Hi hot people Hello, Yasmin, we are back for another episode. Now, I am looking forward to this one today. Okay, okay, tell me why. Because this whole episode is going to be about bands that you used to hate or people used to hate, but now everybody loves. Oh, this will be great we for you because you're a certified in. hater. I'm a hater, like of everything in in the in the world. There's loads of art, there's loads of bands as well that when um, I was young, my parents listened to, and I hated them because my parents listened to them. And then as I got older, I was like, this is a bop, though. Really? Like Lionel Richie? I liked Lionel Richie growing up. My, I guess my mum loved Lionel like Richie. I, I like obviously my mom, growing up, my mum was like fan, and I'd be like. Oh, really? And now, love it. My dad was well into reggae. Now I'm like, all oh, love a bit of reggae. As a kid, I was like, oh, this is so uncool. Were there any bands that your parents listened to, though, where you were like, or artists? Um, My dad really liked David Bowie growing up, and I also liked David Bowie growing up. I don't know. I was a hater. Um, I embraced You were a my... sheep. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. You sound like those fucking alt-right conspiracy theories. Sheep. Sheep. No, you're Listen still, to David you're Bowie. Sheep. You're still a hater. You don't like the Beatles. I, you know what's really funny? Yeah, you've got a really... Beatles white album on vinyl. No, no, no. I've got like a one of like a special edition red pressing of one of their like compilation albums. Why did your parents give that to you? Why did they not just sell it and, and pay off their mortgage? Um, My dad gave it to me because he wanted me to keep it. You're gonna sell it, aren't you? As soon as, as soon as you like, leave home and don't have to prove you still have it. When one of them dies, yeah, I will. Oh my god, cold as fuck. Yeah. All right, so I'm they gonna can't, start. They can haunt me. They can't do anything else. I'm gonna start today's episode, Jasmine. Um, talking about a band that everyone used to hate and now they love, and we have to start it with Nickelback. We have to. Never made it as a wise man. Couldn't so- put in as a bomb and stealing. We've done a whole episode. Tell living like a blind this. man. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Just the Chad Kroger is is coming at you. Sick of them and sorry. I'm really sorry. Um do you know what's crazy? TikTok has helped Nickelback blow up again and I with all with all respect, I'm here for it. It's do you know what? It's absolutely brilliant because I've always been a Nickelback fan, but you get 
hell for like a nickelback and i never understood because people would say that they like shine down or bands like that and then they'd say that they don't like nickelback and i'd be like it's the same band why <laughs> It's Why? the same. It's the same. It's divorced dad rock. Yeah, like um, animal blew up on TikTok, and like honestly, or like what's the other one? Um, fucking little monkey, she's a twisted. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Mister and um, burn it to the ground. And I love that. I know all these. Yeah, Nickelback is kind of blowing up because like divorced dad rock core was a thing. So like. A lot of people who grew up in the 2000s had people like fathers, mothers, parents who listened to Nickelback and and it's become a whole thing. I love it though. I unapologetically love Nickelback. You, Gen Z's on TikTok, if you're not on there, absolutely love these bands. But you guys are just so fucking savage. Like to call it divorce dad rock just feels personal. Yeah. He's he's Mr. Chad Kroger. (laughs) I feel sorry for him. Imagine the PR person being like, yeah, you've blown up on TikTok. Um, it's called Divorced Dad Rock, though. I don't think any of these bands know that they're called that. And here's the thing, right? When you're older... I don't think we should tell them. <laughs> how are you... I did. I made that mistake about a band I'm about to talk about. But how would you feel in the future when someone tells you bad omens are dad rock? I will cry myself It's confusing. Sleep. Do you know what's crazy? Bring Me the Horizon are slowly getting there. Like in 10 years, Bring Me the Horizon will be dad rock because all of the elder emos right now are having kids. Technically, they should still be dad rock because, I mean, they're, what, around the same era of like Fall Out Boy and Fall Out Boy getting called dad rock? Fall Out Boy are dad rock though. That's the thing. They've got like... Yeah, Bring but me what's got... the difference? Is it Bring because me, you don't Bring Me were a 2010 fancy... band and Fall Out Boy were a 2000s band. I mean, I guess maybe because I knew about Bring Me in the 2000s. That makes a difference. Oh, because you were there when it was going. I knew yes. about them before they blew up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I remember. Yeah. Um, and Bad Omens. Um, so, all right. The other band, I just have to put this one in quickly because you mentioned Divorced Dad Rock, Creed. Yeah, people the, really fuck with Creed. The way they've had a comeback, like a proper comeback. So, you know, Creed are now back together and they're going to be doing stuff together. Right. And right. touring. They've got like some kind of like boat show happening. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. I think Gen Z, I thought Gen Z brought back Creed, but when I asked them about TikTok and stuff, they seem to have no idea. So I think this may be a coincidence. Really? They have no idea. I love that bands don't know if they're viral on TikTok or not. Like, it's so funny to me because it is quite hard to find. Sometimes a sound will go viral and it's like someone's uploaded it. So it's not the official audio. Like, King for a Day blew up because it was someone's, like, other audio used. But do you know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, they genuinely didn't know. And then um, I, because obviously Creed had no longer been a thing. And I was chatting to Tremonti, um, who does Alter Bridge. And I was like, so you know. The Gen Zs are calling it divorce dad rock and mute and I could see his face just like <laughs> I thought it was because he was saying I can't I thought he was saying I don't want to talk about this, but it's because he couldn't talk about it because this reunion was obviously in the pipeline. Oh, stop trying to bait musicians into losing their jobs, you freak. No, maybe I did it. Maybe I brought them Maybe bring, I brought Creed back. That's I'm gonna take Creed that. Back? I'm I... putting that lot on my LinkedIn. Yes, man, it's going on my LinkedIn. I love that. Sophie K <laughs> brought back Creed. Speaking of the early 2000s, I have a band yeah. that everyone hated. 
hated. Sophie, I'm going to say the name and I want you to say yes or no. Do you think they were hated? Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Attack, attack. (laughs) Right, right. Hated, hated. So, So they were around from like... 2008 2009 to around 2013 barely 2013 um and they were what i like to call a walk tour core band so they were a band that made their fame and success off myspace and then did a bunch of walk tours and gained popularity from that um walk tour is a a cross-country festival or was a cross-country festival in america but it no longer exists anyway attack attack was um a whole bunch of different people that are now doing other stuff in other bands it was i can't explain to you how purist we were back in the 2000s like it wasn't like it is now where you're a rock fan but you also listen to this music or that music it was very much if you listen to any other genre you had to class it as a guilty pleasure and people were so purist and they wouldn't admit that they listened to other genres and enter shikari were challenging but when attack attack came for it seemed people thought it was a joke yasmin I think partly because it was a joke because their whole shtick was that they just were a bunch of kids who didn't really give a shit. Like, Caleb Shomo in Attack Attack was literally 15. He was 15 when the band blew up. My guy was on tour doing his SATs in the back of the van. He was a child. So they were, like, making... uh, Like, there's a dude, What If I Can't Check My MySpace at the Party. That's one of the songs. There's another one called Stick Stickly. Like, there's so many songs. But the original lineup was uh, Orson Carlyle, Johnny Frank... Frank? Frank, um, Nick White, Andrew Wetzel, Andrew Whiting, and then John Halgado, um, and like so many, and, and Caleb Shomo, obviously. There's so many names. When I look on the, <laughs> when I look on the Attack Attack, who was originally in the band, there's like so many names. What Guys. year was it, Yasmin, that they released that crap? Someday cool came single? suddenly. 2008 they released their debut album someday came suddenly and the track list is hot grills and high tops stick stickily bro ashley's here shred white and blue party foul what happens if i can't check my myspace when we get there the people's elbow kicking kicking wing animal doctor dr shivago catfish soup outro do you know what's interesting yasmin it's like this is a time where there was a lot of like MySpace had been so, an alternative culture had been so alternative and everybody just wore black leather studs. And there was this new gen that were coming up and they would wear bright colors. And obviously you had the massive fringes and all of that kind of stuff, but it was the bright Dago colors. But there were loads of jokey acts around that time. Like this is the time of um, Don't Trust Me from 303, because that was two, that was 2008. There was um, like no, a so, whole electronic not, Yeah, Don't emo. Trust Me, Colorado Sunrise. Yeah, that whole electronic emo era, because like that's yeah. when Skrillex popped off. Because Skrillex yeah. used to be in from first to last, a very emo band, and then left and did Skrillex. And there was this weird, near like the late two thousands, there was like this weird burst of like electronic music and emo, but in a really weird way, like in a way that shouldn't fit, in like an absurd way. And it was at the time when internet culture was peaking for the first time, so everyone was like random, quirky. Like, do you remember the mustache memes and people who would tattoo a mustache on their finger and then put their finger up to their mouth? Wasn't and it's that like, later? oh my god. You're so crazy. No. Tumblr era. No, that was 2010 to 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I think of like 2008 to 2012 as like so long, but I guess it was like four years. But um, the the interesting thing is like there were loads of joke bands at the time, but for some reason, Attack Attack got the worst of it. 
Oh, and I absolutely. Think, I think it was that like crab thing that they did because I think they were close to heavy acts and so heavy acts were like like it sounded heavy but it was anti everything that heavy music fans believe in and yep. so it was like so offensive to people like so offensive. offensive they were like how are you making metal music and wearing girly pink t-shirts and singing about checking your myspace you pussies like that was what people would say back in the day um Karang, it's so bad. Karang even wrote an article in 2019. It's by Ellie Ennis, um, and it says the true story of the most hated metal video of all time, an oral history on the most divisive music video in modern metal history. Attack attacks stick stickly, which is where they all crouch so low to headbang yeah. while guitaring and playing their basses and whatever that it looks like they're crabs. I mean, <laughs> I remember being shown it and laughing at it. I do remember that. I won't even lie. I remember seeing it because being like, what the hell is this? But it's amazing how with time you learn to really appreciate these things and like the difference that they made. Because I love Caleb Shomo. He is like, I love Beartooth. Attack Attack, I I didn't get because I wasn't in. I didn't like the bright colour. I was into like the early, uh, not the early emo, but the black and like the My Chemical Romance style emo. And you were the My boy. Chemical Romance emo. You weren't like the rainbow t-shirts that are yes. monsters, neon emo, right? Do During you know that phase, I went death metal. So yeah, that was hot. Do you know what's interesting? You're talking about Into Shikari. I'm reading this article from, article from Kerrang. Um, and they speak to some of the band members. And Johnny Frank says, Johnny Frack? Johnny Frank? I don't Johnny from Attack Attack says, we really loved Into Shikari. Um, they just released their 2007 British 2007 debut, Take to the Skies, uh, which, you know, obviously featured a lot of like dance and metal. So it wasn't that we loved everything they did, but there were these two or three songs that just put out where they did a hardcore breakdown with a synth behind it. And we were like, bro, yes, that's sick. So if there was no end to Shikari, there would be no Crabcore. And that is why I think British music gets overlooked. Enter Shikari invented crab court. You're welcome. No, don't tell them that. Rao will absolutely destroy you. No, but he, they were a, such an influence for that whole... Like, people don't give Enter Shikari... We should do it. We should do an Enter Shikari, giving Enter Shikari their flowers. We should give Enter Shikari their... I fucking love Rao Reynolds. Are you kidding me? Let us know. If you're listening to this right now, let us know your thoughts. Send us an email, weweblackpod at gmail.com and let us know. Don't send a tweet or anything because Yasmin doesn't check it. Um, you bitch, I do check it. <laughs> Sophie, would you like to tell us the next hated yes, band? Yes, next, next band. Okay, another band that were so hated but are now unbelievably loved, Limp Biscuit. So hated. Like, so, so hated. hated. <laughs> so hated. What I found really interesting is you went from like slow, angry metal, like Deftones and, and like fucking Limp Biscuit and Corn to like really like sped up pierce the veil like do you know i get your heartbeat before you like and that's the duality of the 2000s but um everyone fucking hated limb biscuit man do you know what you can see why because at the time there was it isn't like it is now you had people who liked rap and they were into the black culture and do you know what those people used to get called i can't say the word they used to get called wiggers yeah, I can't say... Why would you bait me into... De- Sophie! Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, do you know? Hey, Yasmin. Hey, Yasmin, say this slur for know? me really quick. Do you know? I wasn't saying, do you have the answer? I was you saying, just got do your you phone know? out with the flash on, like, hey, Yasmin, say this slur really quick. Do you, do you want to no, just say it called, on this podcast? It was like a standard term. You'd be like, yeah, I remember. And it was, it was white people who were trying to act black. 
know, and it was I a remember. whole thing and like and, and that's and people would put on these like fake american accent it was like this whole Britney Spears Uh, weirdly I know this Britney Spears talked about this in her memoir which I bought and I read because um she said that Justin Timberlake did that and everyone laughed at him back in the day so there was this like this divide and Limp Biscuits lyrics like this like faux rapping just got people's metal heads back up like they could handle it when it was Slipknot or Korn and it was done in like but Limp Biscuit felt like such a joke yeah like, I'm like a chainsaw. What? Asking your ass raw. What? what? People could not handle it. And the fact, he was such a fucking stirrer. Oh, I know. He beefed with every other metal band. <laughs> and he was like, he came for everybody. But what I love is that it's 2023 and Limp Bizkit are one of the coolest bands on the planet. To yeah. that shows. Stick to your dad era. If you're if you're young and you feel like you're... Because I've been told I was quite mumsy from being in my 20s. Just stick to it and one day you'll be cool. Slay. Slay. There you go. Yay, Limp who's the next? Who's the next one you've got, Yasmin? Paramore. My oh, wife. The Paramore. love of my life. Paramore. Um, there's so much about Paramore that we can talk about. Firstly, um, everybody fucking hated Hayley Williams. You know what pissed me off? You know what grinded what? my gears? Okay, so when there was this, like, 2010s, like, almost revival nostalgia for emo culture, mm. like, everyone was like, oh my god, remember the 2000s when there was My Chemical Romance and Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco? And there was this whole holy trinity of emo thing, right? Where were Paramore in that? Where were Paramore? Mis- like, um, Riot, I was going to say Misery Business, then Riot and Panic at the Disco's first album had the same success rate. People just overlooked Paramore at the time. I it makes me so angry when I think about how Paramore overlooked. What year did did Riot come out? Because wasn't it just wasn't it more like two thousand and seven? I think so. But like they'd had um, it was all we know is falling. There's the one with the butterfly on it, and then there's Riot, and Riot was the commercial success. Two thousand and seven. Check me out. But the yeah. butterfly one has more bangers. All I wanted, decode. Are you kidding me? They were in the yeah. they were in the Twilight soundtrack, and you're telling me that Panic at the Disco? Oh, I just it annoys me. It annoys me. And Panic at the Disco were I like I know I know they made some bops, but they were very clearly making pop pop music by like 2015, and people still called them more emo than Paramore, and it pissed me off. It will always piss true. me off. It will always I wonder if up. it was those couple because Panic at the Disco, like I Write Sins, was two thousand and five, yeah. and that I I wonder whether because I feel like that Fallout Boy and Panic at the Disco happened and absolutely blew up, and we had Avril because Avril I think was first, right? But it's just mad that like there were all these men in bands blowing up at the same time and could blow up at the same time, but it was only one woman at a time. Like, it was either Avril Lavigne or Hayley Williams. Yeah. Like, they, it couldn't be both. Um, that was the entire music industry, Yasmin. The way they no, used to I do know. it... The way they used to do it is you always had... And it was the same for, like, black artists. So you always had to have a good and a bad. So, um, like, you had to have... Christina Aguilera was launched as the bad version of Britney. Rihanna was launched as the bad version of um, Beyonce. And Blackstreet were launched as the bad version of Backstreet Boys. Uh, sorry, Boys to Men. Sorry. Launches the bad version as Boys to Men. 
So there's this interview that Hayley Williams did for NME and people reported on it in 2023. Oh, this year, lol. Um, and <laughs> she did an interview with NME where she was like, I hope young, no young females experience the shit that I had to experience. Mm. When we were teenagers, the way forward was to be tough all the time. Our scene wasn't contributing. No, our scene was contributing to shitty treatment of women and anything mm. that wasn't masculine. We were out on Water Tour, this little Fueled by Ramen band acting like a hardcore band on stage. And like... You know, a lot of people... So there was this whole controversy back in 2017 where Hayley Williams basically said, I don't want to perform misery business anymore because I I feel like it's misogynistic, right? And I think people roasted her for it and was like, well, why did you write a misogynistic song? I think the reason that she acted that way when she was, like, what, freshly 21 on Walk Tour is because you either had to act like a fucking badass like oh i'm not like other girls back in the day to yeah, make it or like people would just walk over you if you were just a girly girl like a girly pop if you were like a scene queen or a meet me at the altar back then they would stomp all over you they'd be like you're a girly girl and you like this kind of music i bet you don't even know three songs so you had to act tough and be one of the one of the boys so like i don't and you had to be horrible to other women i know and it's like hayley williams yeah. hayley williams is a is not a Hayley Williams is a victim of misogyny. She is not a misogynist herself. She's a victim of yeah. misogyny that existed in the scene that turned women against each other. But yeah, it's really she... interesting. Have you ever watched America's Next Top Model? Um, vaguely, yeah. So that show, Yasmin, was like everything. We lived our life by America's Next Top Model, and if you see some of the clips of that now and the way Tyra had to, the way Tyra spoke to some of those girls who were like confident and feeling themselves was horrific and she's getting like called out for it now she's saying it was the producers but i don't know it's just it was just how people spoke to each other and it goes the same goes for um fat mike who who called out hayley who's really misogynistic about hayley williams on stage but do you know what i respect him for owning it and properly apologizing because back then that is how like i remember people and this is awful, Yasmin. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. Um, but I remember people coming up to me in my predominantly white school and like I would brush past them and then they'd say, quick, quick, touch me with your white side so that I don't, don't turn black, right? Ew. And I would have to touch them with the palm of my hand as a joke and it would be like, ha, ha, ha. And back in the 2000s, we did things that were so wrong that we betrayed ourselves we betrayed other groups of people trying to keep ourselves floating so you were always trying to pick on others to keep yourself floating because we fat shamed we queer shamed we um made fun of and like i was always someone that stuck up for people but we made fun of gingers we made fun of people with bad skin we made fun of everybody back then and so you were just out there trying to fucking survive and so i respect I respect anyone that apologises and owns up to their shit from that time. For context, um, this year at When yeah. We Were Young, Hayley Williams, um, well, Fat Mike made some misogynistic comments on stage towards Hayley Williams. Hayley Williams responded, and I respect her a lot because she, Me in too. this interview with Far Out, or sorry, reported by Far Out magazine, um, she said, I was really surprised I had so much anger well up in me because I was like, wait a minute, they're treating us like a prize now. But like Fat Mike used to tell people that I gave good ring jobs on stage when I was 19 years old. Yeah. Period. End him. But you know what, Yasmin? I have not called out all the people that said shit to me because uh, I have to work with them day to day. But that 
this is what happens with this misogynistic shit. People say stuff because they think they're being funny or whatever, and then they don't remember. They genuinely don't remember because they don't realise how damaging what they said was. Mm. I'm reading this um, People article about Hayley yeah. Williams and, and all the, like, she calls it brutal misogyny that she experienced. Yeah. Um, in 2020, she told Vulture that she took great pains to never be high maintenance and recalled a time in which a photographer insisted she wear lip balm on a photo shoot despite not asking any of her male bandmates. And then also in 2006 during a tour where she had condoms thrown on stage at her and a time when a friend of a different male band made a joke about her vagina and she said, I don't know. I didn't know how toxic the world could be. That pop punk and emo scene in the early 2000s. A lot of internalised sexism. Even mm. if you were lucky enough to meet other bands who were kind and respectful, there was other... There was other shit that wasn't. That was really Do you know powerful. who was kind and respectful? Uh, you. My boyfriend's band. <laughs> he literally went up to them at um, Warp Tour and said, I think you're going to be a really big deal. I'm so excited to meet you. I bought your CD. Do you mind signing it? And has so he, he got has it? Sign- He's got a signed Paramore CD from all the OG members. What the fuck, Mike? Yeah. Damn. I know. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. I know. He, he predicted it. He, they were on. They were on Warp Tour together, and he called it. Yeah. There's a I'm random fact for you. Amazed. Oh my god. I'll get him to swap it for your Beatles. <laughs> oh, dead ass. I'll give it him. I will give it. No him right way. Now. You would yeah. not. I would actually. Are you kidding oh me? Oh my god. If Mike wants a red pressing of the Beatles' best collection from 1961 or some shit like that, um, I've got it. I've got it, You've and heard I it will. Here first. Yeah. This is a contract, verbal contract. It's going to go to court. Um, okay, so do you know what? One last thing I want to say about Paramore is I feel like I owe Paramore an apology. You absolutely do. Go no, to Hayley Williams' house right know. now. You don't even Fucking know why. apologise. There's two... Do you know what? There's two artists that I really felt betrayed by. One was Beyonce. Okay. Because she used to be like, oh, are you ready for this jelly? And she had like the, all these curves. And next thing you know, she lost all of her curves and had super nearly white skin. This was an era like where she was getting photos. But I didn't consider what she was probably going through as an artist. All I considered is how I'd, I felt betrayed personally, which is what people do, right? Mm. And same thing with Hayley Williams. I felt like she gave up on all of us that looked up to her as an emo but now I see and the reason she wouldn't like speak to rock press or anything but now I see it's because she had such a difficult time she's I you would be the same she's You've been traumatized like, she's been she's traumatized like, fuck it and fuck it all yeah and Nick um Nick Nickelback did the same you know they yeah. refused to speak to loads of rock publications for a while because they were like I'm we're sick of the hate now they're back again chatting to people so I hey, get go back. Anyway. Who wants to be on the podcast? Um, no, but <laughs> yeah, like I absolutely agree. I think Hayley Williams is is probably traumatized from that time. You would be too. I would be too. Of course, I am traumatized from that time, Yasmin. I'm just not rich enough to tell everybody to go fuck themselves. If I was a multi-millionaire like Hayley Williams, you best believe I would buy out all of the brands that told me to get fucked and make everyone redundant and go <laughs> fucked. Sorry. Um, who else, Sophie, is on your list? Have you got any more? Okay, yeah, I have. So, also on my list is um, My Chemical Romance. Oh! Now, Ooh. I bring up My Chemical Romance as an important one because they were seen at the forefront of the emo movement, which it was really interesting because they were kind of the face alongside bands like Fall Out Boy and Panic! The Disco of the new 
meaning of emo which a lot of the og emos took offensively but as we know now emo and the words goth things like that just evolve but there was this hatred for anyone who liked my chemical romance but this is the thing i wanted to bring up yasmin and trigger warning if you get triggered just turn off now the way people used to say things like it used to be a joke where people would act out slashing their wrists honestly it wasn't even funny it wasn't fun but that was the thing that and this shows the power of like mob mentality everybody did it and made everybody that joke it. i probably did it as well i was like 12 Pro- me too time. probably yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and it was like even though i was someone who had self-harmed in my past i didn't have the no the self-worth to go actually i'm not going to joke about that yeah actually maybe i should shut up <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, because therapy is fucking expensive and we still weren't doing therapy properly then. Um, but yeah, everyone hated anybody that liked My Chemical Romance. Emos were hated um, and that like incarnation of emos. And you had to, I used to often hide. I remember going to a bar who in London, bearing in mind, by the way, 18 is the legal drinking age in the UK. When I went to this place, they wouldn't serve me because I had stripy gloves on. Really? Yeah, they wouldn't serve me. They just ignored me. I didn't know whether it was because I was black, because I had strappy gloves on, but they would not serve me, Yasmin. They just ignored me. I stood there for like half an hour. And then I, you know, when you start to realize what's going on and you feel the heat behind your eyes. Yeah. And this like water started welling up and I was like, oh my God. And then what ended up happening is I had to go back to my friends who didn't even like alternative music and get them to go to the bar for me. I hate that. Right? I hate that. Boo. That's how it used to be. That's how it was. That's brutal. I remember um, there's a Daily Mail article and there was a whole thing about this with Michael Romance and it's called The Sinister Cult of Emo and Mm. basically this Daily Mail article blames... My Chemical Romance, Blink-182, Good Charlotte, and a bunch of other emo or pop-punk adjacent bands for um, the rise in suicide in young kids. Um, and uh, this girl who committed suicide who was also a fan of their music. And it caused a bunch of protests outside the Daily Mail from MCR fans who were like, well, actually, like this band has saved our life. So, and, yeah, it's um, like If you actually listen to the music, these boomers never actually listen. Because if you listened, you would hear so much hope and... Community. There was such a anti-emo craze in the early 2000s. It's crazy. Was. Satanic yeah, panic all really over was. again. Satanic panic. Do you know, not to like cut you off, because obviously My Chemical Romance is a, is a big one, but it reminds me of like the the panic around emo rappers and like the whole Xanax and lean and stuff and like that whole, mm. whole mm. fucking... Uh, okay, because sh- I'm a boomer in this situation. So I want to hear, I want to hear what you've got to say here because so, I, am, I am the boomer that thinks that there is... There is issues with this. But I don't think it's emo rappers' fault. So our, this is a headline from riveronline.co.uk. Are SoundCloud rappers and emo hip-hop the reason that we are witnessing a Xanax crisis? And from dazed, dazed dot, dazeddigital.com, Xanax, the drug that defined the decade and changed rap. So, like, in the early 2010s, there was, like, this boom of emo rappers, and a lot of them mm. sang about, you know, taking Xanax and being depressed because, you know, and it it did it, there is a culture around it but i do it, it, like anything like my chemical romance didn't tell kids to slit their wrists little pete wasn't saying hey guys take a shitload of xanax he was just being sad on a song <laughs> do you know what though i do feel like 
those some of those artists normalized like they the fact that they posted about it so much on social media i feel like they normalized it in a way and i i don't like the normalization because it's not the same like self-harm is something that that is a thing but people keep quiet and everyone joked about it in the same way that like people would joke about taking xanax i think it's because xanax is used to treat depression and anxiety and a lot of people are almost a bit ashamed to be like oh i'm on on xanax so everyone's like ah papa zanny haha like i feel nothing and it's that was like kind of the culture at the time but also it was bad like it was bad for everyone involved and like people died there were emo rappers who overdosed and stuff but like i and fentanyl as well but like i also think i don't know there was this whole you can't just gloss over fentanyl that's like one of the biggest killers because just bear in mind can i just say this very quickly you know you can't get xanax here in the uk it is so dangerous it's so lethal you can't go and if you have depression get prescribed it on the nhs really nope why it's not prescribed in the uk by the nhs um it's only for severe anxiety like severe and i think the problem in america and sorry to come in on you america is there aren't enough laws around um like basically because you go private a lot of the time if you have money you can get written off as having this or that or whatever and that's why you're seeing people dying from overdoses of xanax because it is highly addictive it is highly dangerous that's crazy i do feel bad Mm. though i think emo rap got the blunt end of it because it wasn't just emo rap that kind of yes glorified that it was rap in general and also like i'm not gonna lie a lot of like the party metal culture in the early 2010s also glorified like drinking lean and they all wanted to be like rappers so they adopted that culture and like it was a problem i don't think i think emo (laughs) rap was the scapegoat because emo rap was something new and different and like a lot of people bashed it because it was like oh you can't be sad and rap and whatever and it's like leave leave them alone okay leave juice world out of this i love that man i love juice world so much and i'm so sad that he yeah. passed away and i can't believe it like juice world and little people both passed away like at really early ages i wish emo rap had or an equivalent of nas, nas. and i might be talking out my, my i might be talking out my ass here um for the hip-hop heads listening but where hip-hop was in this era where it was like bitches money hoes nas who is a famous rapper was writing more um he wasn't writing songs like that and he was writing songs about also about positivity and you know about little nas x no nas oh i'm uncultured so nas nas was someone that um so i'm sure he wrote i know i can't be what i want to be if i work hard at it do you know that song no Okay. Yeah, so he was trying to do songs that rather than saying, go out, join a gang, shoot each other and take drugs, he was trying to create rap that um, encouraged young black kids to try and get out of the ghetto and try and make something of themselves and go to school. Um, Okay, have you got any others in your arsenal? I have one last one left. Okay. And I... I'm interested to hear your opinions as somebody who was around in that time. Why did everyone hate Bring Me the Horizon? 
it was bad. It was oh, like here we I, go, Yasmin. I grew up in the in the echo of that, and everyone fucking all the elder metalheads and shit bashed me. Mm. And I was like, yeah, my favorite bands are Pierce Vell and, and Bring Me the Horizon. And they're like, that's not real metal. And I'm like, I don't care. I like it. It's good. And like metalcore is a and post hardcore is a whole thing now. But like everyone bashed me for it. But fucking, I'm sorry, Sempaterno and There Is a Hell, bangers bangers i lived through sempaterno it was great i think that basically what happened is everybody hated deathcore and metalcore like there were all of these rules that were broken and and core was not part of it and they hated it they hated it because it was bringing in all these like new little kids who had skinny jeans and stuff and it like there was a style and a fashion that didn't sit with the traditional death metal and metal and people did not get it but bring me the horizon specifically i think a it was because people who were fans of suicide silence who at the time were a bigger band didn't like ollie sykes because they felt that and ollie did at the time have like a stage presence um he did a lot of stuff that was similar to suicide silence but they like i'm pretty sure he performed was it him or no? I'm gaslighting myself. He performed at Lincoln You're Park. You're thinking of Lincoln Park. Yeah, that's a yeah. whole different era. That's 2017. Who, who performed at the memorial for Mitch Looker? Danny Warsnap. Yeah. Danny Warsnap performed at yeah, the and Mitch so Looker memorial. We were quite oh. tribal. Like, I was the same. And I think back in the day, and I think if, if Ollie Sykes was sat here right now, he would hold up his hands and say, yeah. I think he, he had drug issues. He's been very open about that. And I wonder if maybe back in those days, who he was as a person wasn't who he is today. And so I like the fact that who he is today is able to be appreciated. Yeah, because the music's a, great. He's quite a positive person. Like he always is like, he's vegan. He lives a healthy lifestyle. He works Money out. and therapy. That's, money. That's, money and therapy can fix anybody. And they start wearing white and they start like meditating. That is every time. But do you know what? Do you know what saved Bring Me the Horizon? Not mm. even kidding. Jordan Fish. Oh my god, Jordan Fish saved Bring Me the Horizon. Genuinely, genuinely. Yeah. Like Sempaternal would not have been possible without Jordan Fish. Like that album it lives on a decade later through TikTok and through it's coming back into the charts. Like Can You Feel My Heart is now one of their biggest songs ever. Even though when Sempaternal came out, people hated that song the most. Um Did they? I loved that it, song. No, everyone hated it because it was like too poppy. But everyone loved House of Wolves and like yeah. um, Go to Hell and well no that's 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 the that's other album spirit. isn't it yeah Sophie yeah. Poser um, <laughs> Jordan Fish his production style is amazing and they worked now Ollie and Jordan work with so many other artists and produce tracks for other people and it's like amazing to think if Jordan Fish hadn't been in Bring Me the Horizon where would they be now Do you know what I would say is Ollie Sykes is like the most intelligent marketing person on this planet not even kidding and yes i know and that's not even taking into consideration drop dead clothes and all of that kind of stuff but the way he's managed to literally madonna that fucking band in the way that he just reincarnated that band reincarnated it reincarnated it until it became one of the biggest rock bands on the planet and him like so few musicians are wise enough to get a Jordan Fish on board. But Ollie, I, and I wasn't in the room when they made this decision, but I know that Ollie Sykes knew that Jordan could write a fucking banger. And Ollie knows his strengths and he knows Jordan's strengths. And I respect the fuck out of that. 
it is it's harder to be the bigger man and be like you're better at this than me help because yeah, yeah a lot of men musicians goes musicians and, and men especially will not want to take that um you know it's interesting so to give you a perspective on how much they were hated because whenever people like there's like this thing now where like people who grew up listening to bring me the horizon are all territorial like oh pray for blakes is the best album don't like their newer stuff girl yes not everyone's real. lying I'm telling you now, they're lying. They didn't like Bring Me at the time. They probably were the ones that slagged them off on MySpace. But now that they're big, they're trying to be like, oh, I was there first. At least least I fucking admit that I didn't get it at first. Yeah, people were like saying that you can't like the the new stuff. You've got to like the early stuff first. It's like, babe, (sighs) the people you're saying this to are like 15. They weren't alive when the first Bring Me the Horizon album came out. (laughs) Be so fucking for real. I was five when it came out. So like, be so fucking for real right now. But interestingly, to give you perspective on... um, how much they were hated they did an interview with enemy ahead of their reading and leeds headliner uh 2022 or 2021 i could be a dirty right. liar 2022 they headlined and the last time they ever headlined was or well played the festival was uh 2008 and they spoke to enemy and said the first time we played reading it was probably the worst gig ever slipknot had pulled out for some reason and we got asked if we wanted to go on the main stage I remember. not to yep. replace them but just to fill the gap we kind of knew it was a death sentence but we were like we've got to do it just before we went on i think we announced I think they announced Avenged Sevenfold had just pulled out as well, which sent the crowd into a frenzy of booze. Yeah, um, I remember. And then, and then everyone threw bottles at them and threw bottles of piss at them. And it was... 2007? Yeah. Yeah. I was there. Everyone, 2008, sorry. Everyone threw 2008, bottles... 2008, I was there. Yeah. Everyone threw bottles of piss at them and booed them and it was terrible. And they also had like a few shows where people would boo them and it was like starting out, Bring With Horizon got booed by metal fans because they would open for metal bands like you know they'd open for the devil wears prada or something who are a lot heavier or were a lot heavier at the time um and had like that kind of stake where they could be like well we're a metal band so mm. but bring me i think the reason people hated on them is because they looked like an emo band but they made music yes. like they were metal heads that is so true there was a thing about that like if you if that's the thing it's the colorful clothes or the fringes like deathcore metalcore were so hated but <clears throat> Back in those days as well, like what a stupid decision. I think this is when people don't didn't really understand metal because you cannot replace in that year, two thousand seven, you could not replace a slipknot with a bring me the horizon. You can't. They it's they the, had different days at download because it's a totally different vibe. Imagine replacing um I don't know, what is the equivalent? I guess you guys aren't as tribal, you Gen Zs these days. But like if you thought you were gonna go watch Bring Me the Horizon at a festival and someone replaced it with a, I don't know, Royal Blood, who are an amazing band, oh, but they're a I different would, scene. Yeah. Like, there are diff- there are different audience and a different scene. You cannot just swap like that. No, no, you can't. It's like going from Bring Me the Horizon to the 1975. You can't. You yeah, you can't. can't. Well, you might have done in that one cycle after... Oh, yeah, when they released People, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they went through their 1975 phase. Um, I've got uh, one last one for you, Yasmin. Very okay. quick one. Okay, go on. Do you know a band that used to get a lot of hate was Green Day? Really? Can you believe that? Yeah, because they were seen as a punk band and that people saw, people literally hated them just for getting big and being popular. Really? Why? Because they're alternative music fans and alternative music fans are dicks. But something else I wanted to ask you about, Yasmin. Um, I'm going to say something wholly controversial. Sophie, I don't have the time to let you get cancelled. I don't. Make it quick. I think, and maybe this is just me, but I think the worst gatekeepers 
on social media are young Gen Zs, younger than you. I might agree with you there because some of the worst misogynists in the scene are other women. The amount of hating women yeah. who are like, what is that about? You don't know three songs, boo. Like, and it's not older women either. Like, I remember um, I said that I liked Nook Loose, and this girl quote private quote tweeted my tweet, but then someone screenshot it. Um, Priv Priv quote tweeted my tweet on Twitter and was like, oh, I hate that. when. I hate when people I hate when people say that they like Nook Loose. Well, I've been there since the you guys are oh just God. getting into hardcore because it's trendy. It's like shut the fuck up, shut up, girl, shut up. And also, um, when I was side stage for Bear to you, I thought this was so funny. I tweeted about this recently. Um, they are public now, so I can talk about this. I was side stage watching Bear Tooth, Okay, in March. Thank you, Craig Reynolds, for the AA pass. You absolute beaut. And it was motionless in white, straight from the path, and Bear Tooth, right? I was watching Betty. Someone took a photo of me because Chris Motionless was in the back of the photo because they just played. Motionless what I just played and it was Betty. Someone said, oh, Yasmin Suman only got into the show because they're shagging Chris Motionless. There were other influencers there. His girlfriend, who he has publicly posted now, so I can say that, his girlfriend was stood right next to me. I was the only gay one on side stage and you're like, yeah, Yasmin's wow, fucking these of, band of members. Sleeping but also... With- also, it's funny because I was the only gay person there and also his girlfriend was still right next to me. So that was like stupid. Like, And also, it- it's funny because you're the only one who's a journalist. So get back in your box, person online. But also, if we want to support women in music, we've got to support women who do everything. Women who are photographers, yeah. women who are on stages and women who are groupies. I fucking love groupies. Because you know what? Women can do anything in music. Mm, groupies, I'll, I'm not sure about yet. But... I'll tell you what happened to me the other day and why I brought up this controversial point, which I'm actually quite glad you agreed with, Yasmin. I posted a video on the Notfest Instagram. Okay. And it was because I had like an early drop of the corn merch. But I posted like a silly jokey video about how you could tell the designer of the hoodie was an OG metal fan. And then I pushed my fingers through the thumb holes because everybody had thumb holes and we used to like chew them into our hoodies and stuff back in the emo days because it was like really cool to chew your hoodie um and somebody commented this shows something like you this shows you don't know anything about metal because og metal is bands like sabbath and metallica and whatever the hell they said i would have just loved for you to have posted a photo of you with metallica and been like you mean this metallica this this metallica that i interviewed i clicked through they said bands in the 90s, right? Uh, and I clicked through to their post. Yasmin, they were they were 19 years old. Oh my God, they weren't even born in the 90s. They that weren't alive. I was alive in the 90s and you're trying to tell me what the original metal was when I was the one that was fucking alive in, in the 80s. I was alive in the 90s. I wasn't alive in the 70s when the actual original metal started. Like, That's crazy. Deep Purple and like they... And I was like, you're 19... Where do you get the balls to try and call out your senior? In it. What? Like, like, what? Where do these kids get it from? They are roasters. I'm telling you, TikTok. TikTok is the one. Yeah. I'm still salty about the fact I got called um, a pick me. Really? You know, there's a video of you and me and we're just like singing along to songs. Right. Someone said that one looks like a pick me. Oh, Sophie. And then... I, I said, 
I called them out because it was my first TikTok video, so I didn't really know the etiquette. So I called them out and then they gaslit me into thinking that it was a compliment and then I apologised. Stop apologising when people bully you, Sophie. It's not okay. This is why I got bullied at school. This oh, is why honey. I got bullied. Oh. Well, those are the bands that we... Yes. We, But I'm sure there's more bands that people... There's loads more. People know have been hated. And if there's any we missed, feel free to email us. We're at WeWearBlackPod. At G- no, we're WeWearBlackPod at gmail.com or at WeWearBlackPod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and everywhere. There is social media. We are there. I'm at Yasmin Suman on everything. If you want to email me or... Or message me and tell me bands that you think deserve justice. I am at I am Sophie K on uh, all the social medias, and let us know if you want a part two, or a part four, or a part five, or a part four. Oh. Now that we've got a billboard, uh, we've we got a happy. fucking billboard. Did you see the photo? If you haven't seen the photos of our billboard, head over we to our Instagram and see it. We have a fucking billboard in Leicester Square, we one have of the biggest billboards. Yeah. That yeah. I can't think of any other podcasts at our level. In the, alternative, <laughs> in the alternative scene. So thank you all of Very you for your support. And thank you to um, Paul Harris, who's our amazing photographer. We love you, Paul. All right, then. See you later, kids. Bye. You were listening to On Wednesdays We Wear Black. Please rate and subscribe so that we can keep doing what we do. Special thanks goes out to the Nova Twins for the badass music and Wargasm for the killer screams. See you next week.